0: To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, WRFALP.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465.
1: Chautauqua County Director of Mental Hygiene and Social Services, Carmelo Hernandez, joins us for an update on emergency housing concerns raised by residents in the village of Falconer. The Village of Faulkner mayor has raised concerns at the last two county legislature meetings about the use of the budget in, in the village being used for emergency housing by Chautauqua County. Jim Sarosinski has cited concerns over lack of services and supports available in Faulkner for people with substance use, housing, or mental health issues who are being placed at that motel. We have County Director of Mental Hygiene and Social Services, Carmelo Hernandez, on the line with us today. Carmelo, thanks for joining us. and. Also, I, you know, would ask, how would you respond to these concerns that have been raised by Mayor Jaroszynski and others who live in Faulkner?
0: Um, well, first of all, good morning, and thank you for having me. I would say, I guess the first thing that I would say, and I, and this is a luxury that I have, and or a privilege, in the sense that um, I'm originally from New York City, right? So emergency housing uh supportive housing transitional housing shelters it's kind of the norm It's the way i grew up so it's normal for me but when we're talking about rural counties i could most definitely see how it can be you know alarming concerning and we do you know things that we don't understand or, or quite have a good grasp or feel i could most definitely understand where there'd be you know concerns questions and maybe even some clarity uh in terms of you know why is it being used and and in the sense of for how long so I mean I think everybody in the community probably has questions and I, and I mean I think a big part of it is, is just the awareness and the knowledge of it
1: mm-hmm. and when it comes to I mean the budget in it has been used for a number of years by Department of Social Services for this emergency housing whatever the cases may be so this is not a new I would say not a new contract so to say and when I've talked with County Executive P.J. Wendell in our monthly interviews, he's also mentioned that the Budget Inn was one of the hotels or motels and facilities in the county that also said, okay, yeah, we're willing to accept people. So there's a kind of a situation where this is not new, and also this is, happens to be one of the locations that said they were willing to take people, right? Um, Yes,
0: yeah, correct. Correct. Um, this is not something that is that is brand new. This is something that has been going on for quite some years. Of uh, the, uh, I've been briefed prior to COVID. It has been something that has been going on, and I think one of the things that um, should also be added uh, a big reason it's used um, as an emergency station, Not only is it because of you know the mutual agreement, but also because uh, we don't have a lot of uh, brick and mortar uh, shelters up in Chautauqua County. I, I, believe, I mean, we do have the mission, but in terms of families, uh, women, um, transitional, uh, supportive housing. So it's just a housing crisis across the board and it's it's across the U S not just uh, specific to us, but one of the main reasons that hotels are our go-to is just that we don't have, we don't have the resources. We don't have the brick and mortar. We don't have the, uh, agencies coming in and saying yes, we want to break ground here and we want to you know put something up. That's going to take even more conversations and and you know it's deeper conversations even with the community because I, I think it goes both ways. I think if we look at yes, the budget has been happening for some years and and uh, there's there's concerns and I, and I understand that. I think that when the time comes where we build a brick and mortar, whether it's supportive. Uh, transitional and or emergency shelter Um, you know I think some of the conversations may still be there because if we build it when we build it it's got it it's got to be built somewhere right so the question becomes where does that somewhere uh, go and I I think the questions are good that are coming from the community yes it's something that is not new but I think it it creates that that uncomfortable conversation that this is what we're dealing with day in and day out I call it pandemic 2.0 um it's just something that it was it's always been here um but it it has you know gone a little bit more extreme ever since the pandemic and you know as we're trying to uh get out of it figure it out i mean post-covid we're post-covid but um you know cost of living has gone up inflation there's many factors here many variables that i think i'm happy the conversations are coming up because now we could have those deeper conversations
1: mm-hmm. and i think you know you at add- likening it to like you know like a pandemic 2.0 i think that's a a good way of I, I think it's it's a good way of describing it because we saw so many things that were heightened you know issues that were exa- existed in the in the community and uh, in the nationwide just been exasperated because of the pandemic and what happened there and that now it's kind of like well we may have had a handle on it before, but now we need to really wrap our hands around it. Is, what is the county, I mean, I don't know what you have going on with either mental hygiene or with Department of Social Services is working with community groups on um, addressing having enough emergency housing or shelters for, for those who are homeless. I, I, I don't know. Are you part of that homeless coalition or what actions have been happening lately? Um, we
0: do have uh, a couple of our team, uh well, quite a few of our teammates uh, that are part of the housing coalition. Uh, we have, we do have the cold blue that is going to be taken into effect. We do have partners that we're partnering with. Um, I think the biggest thing that that we, uh, and it's something that I've acknowledged since I've been here. Yes, we do have a lot of services within our county. Um, Obtaining the access to those services, you know, sometimes it's it's a little challenging for many reasons. And it's not because the services are not there. But I do believe when it comes to this, the the housing um, and when it comes to anything, I I believe you get the experts to come in. Um, So our uh, OTP, uh, our methadone clinic that's in Dunkirk, uh, State Point Lighthouse, I had a meeting with them. I know them from New York City. Uh, they do have uh, the Coltacasia Network. They have actually supportive housing and or shelters um, in uh, Bronx, New York. I believe they have one in Brooklyn. I know they opened one in Erie County in Buffalo. I know they're breaking ground in Syracuse. And I had a conversation with their former um, vice president, who's now consulting with them, and told them, is housing something you're willing to bring uh, to our county? Is it something you're willing to invest in and break ground for, for our residents? And he said, let's have a conversation. So I am going to come to Erie County to visit um, the brand new one that they have built, take pictures of it, and take these conversations further. I think we have to become innovative. It's one of our, our, our values, right? It's being innovative in how we're going to treat substance use and/or, uh, and or and homelessness and mental health as well. You know, yes, we believe if we build the, the brick and mortars, they're going to come to us. And that's true. And the ones that are going to come to us are the ones that are able and capable, not all. So we have to get creative with what we have. This is the, the most beautiful thing that I would say to anybody who's willing to listen. County, We have the luxury to be the tip of the spear when it comes to all these matters. To pilot, to be creative, to really take the bull by the horns and create real change. Due to the fact that we are rural, and we have to be flexible, and we have to be innovative. And I think this is an opportunity. The way I look at it is not so much as the glass half full, but the glass uh, half empty. And, and, and we have the, the resources. We have the, the capability, and I, and I believe the capabilities are is the fact that we can really sit at the table and become flexible and really lead the charge on, on a lot of these things by not only using maximizing our resources here, but really uh, partnering with community partners that are the experts in this field and in this realm am i an expert in building apartments and, and building complexes no but i can find the people who are and that's my expertise
1: mm-hmm. and when it comes to innovations and talking about being a rural community that it, obviously it takes a lot of time and resources to get a, a you know a brick and mortar building up and going and knowing that you know even seeing what's happened we should talk about opportunities and with you can with some of the you know the hurdles that facing with moving forward with new shelters for for folks knowing that you're probably going to be in a situation where you're still going to need to use places like the budget inn and other locations around the county for this emergency housing or temporary housing what is the county looking at doing to help those individuals access services that could help them get off get on their feet or get to maybe the next level especially when they are not located in walking distance of Department of Social Services, like obviously in Faulkner, I mean, with how, you know, the distance between there and the city of Jamestown is quite great if someone doesn't have a vehicle or mode of transportation. So what what is the county looking at doing to help alleviate some of the issues that they have there with for people who are staying there without services?
0: Well, one of the biggest things that we're looking at is, is really being innovative, is, is um I like stated earlier, is, okay, how do we get uh, – services inside of the budget um legally <laughs> how can we uh get get the the blessing from the the state and really becoming creative and sitting down and having that that conversation and being innovative in that way um that's short term um one of the reasons i i decided to have the conversation with um the Safe point lighthouse folks is because something that i, I i'm pretty sure they've mentioned uh the building up in in the northern part of the county the uh Dunkirk, they invested their their money into it uh, so they they bought the building they they they're willing to invest they're willing to to come to the table and invest and and that's something that we need um is someone that not only knows the the, the work um knows what it's going to entail but is also willing to come in and willing to invest and say hey i'm here for the long haul i'm I'm here to to really uh provide change and really be a community partner so i think it's 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 twofold right And I think the one piece that we have to look at always is self-determination. Sometimes we'll have folks that are saying, hey, listen, I just need temporary housing for for a day. Uh, They won't tell us that that is for a day, but they'll come in meet all the criteria for the emergency housing. Uh, It'll be a day. And then when we say, hey, we're ready to help you out, we came with the, you know, we got... Everyone here, we're ready to provide services. We're ready to help you through this. And they'll say, no, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm okay. I'd rather uh, leave and go to the warming shelter or leave and go elsewhere. So self-determination is a huge, huge, huge piece that I think we underestimate sometimes because we're, we're, we're fixers and we want to fix things. And, you know, clients, as long as they're able to you know, have their orientation times for where they're able to, you know, have good bearings and, and know where they are, know what they want. They, they could decide, I just don't want your services at this point in time. And that sometimes is a struggle and that sometimes is hard to accept because we want to do good and, and we know what they need. And sometimes, you know, the clients are not ready. Or when they're ready, it, it, they're ready right now and we have to be able to provide it right now at that moment. And that's something that we're really trying to bridge the gap and meet in the middle.
1: Right. And I've heard that mentioned before that especially with dealing with a homeless population in this downtown Jamestown is that you can offer everything that is available to someone, but they need that self-determination to decide they want to accept that help. So is there anything else that you would like to add on on this issue? I I have the press release that the county sent out, so I didn't know if there's anything else other than that that you'd like to add to.
0: Um, The one piece I would like to add is just in terms of, of, of education and psychoeducation. Um, so these, these housing complexes, these, these shelters, like everything else, they do come with rules and regulations also. And sometimes uh, our, our residents and our clients will opt out due to the rules and regulations. The same thing, hey, you can't rules and regulations, See it, like everywhere, it has rules and regulations. So I, I, I do, I'll say this, and, and I think it's in the press release, I, I believe I mentioned it, to help. Yes. There are individuals who unfortunately have a substance use disorder um, and or mental health and or are homeless or a combination of all that unfortunately uh, do end up, you know, committing crimes. But everyone who has a substance use disorder and or mental health diagnoses and are homeless, that doesn't automatically make you a criminal. That doesn't automatically mean that they're going to hurt you. You know, it's it's unfortunate uh, the the path and where life led them, and I would really encourage um, all of us as as residents uh, of Chautauqua County, you know, just picture them as your neighbor, picture them as as your sister, picture them as your brother, picture if they were your family members. Some of these people are your family members. Some of these people are your neighbor's family members, and a little bit of empathy could take us a long way. Just a little bit of empathy. I understand. And trust me, I understand more than people would realize. But sometimes we just need to take a, take a pause real quick, take a deep breath and say, what if this was my son? What if this was my daughter? What if this was me? How would I like to be treated?
1: I think that's a, a really good note to end on. And I think that, yeah, that is a good thing to take to mind. So, Carmelo, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today.
0: Well, thank you. You have a good one at any time.